slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today as we break down the Islanders' 4-2 loss in Game 2 of their series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Series now all even at one game apiece. Game 3 will be at the Old Barn on Thursday, and we'll break down Game 2, start to take a peek ahead to Game 3, But at the end of the day, you know, the Islanders just did not get the job done the way they did in Game 1. We'll break it all down for you a little bit later on in today's show. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me tonight at 8.30 p.m. to get in on the action. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. So, the Islanders fall and, you know... Look, I'm going to put this out there right now. You could talk about the officiating. You could talk about uh, a number of other factors. But at the end of the day, the Islanders didn't play well enough to win this hockey game. And we're going to break it all down for you uh, in just a minute. If there's something Islanders related on your mind, something you want to talk about, uh, a comment, a question, feel feel free to email the show at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYRVSNYI. I'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I'm live tweeting during every Islanders game. So, final score Lightning 4, Islanders 2. And if you have been listening to this podcast, I can almost, you know, go down the checklist of all the things the Islanders did very well in game one that they didn't do well enough in game two, and it ends up costing them. And we talked about them on the show yesterday, uh, and look, you know, you can talk about the too many men on the ice penalty uh, that maybe one of the Tampa Bay goals shouldn't have counted. Tampa Bay can come back and say, hey, uh, the Islanders scored their first goal on a power play and it shouldn't have been a power play. And you could argue this all back and forth. But at the end of the day, the Islanders just didn't do all the little things they needed to do. And let's check off the boxes. Let's check off the boxes. First of all, we knew coming into this game and we discussed coming into this game, that the Lightning were not going to just lay down and die, that they were going to come at the Islanders, especially early on, with a lot of intensity. And that's exactly what they did, but the Islanders did not have an answer for it. 
And, you know, early on, Simeon Varlamov kept them in the game, but the Islanders allowed that extra intensity and, and extra physicality that Tampa Bay brought to the game, and they did not keep their cool, did not do the next thing that was on our list, which is stay out of the penalty box. That didn't happen. Islanders allowed Tampa Bay five power play chances in this game. Yeah, they only officially cashed in on one of them, but at the end of the day, you cannot allow a dangerous power play like the Tampa Bay Lightnings to have that many opportunities. Look, you're talking about almost 10 minutes of time roughly 18% of the game, if it were a full 10 minutes, where you're shorthanded. And that is not a formula for victory. The Islanders also allowed that physicality to get them off their game. The Islanders did not plug up the neutral zone the way they did in game one. How many Scoring opportunities were created either by stretch passes by Tampa Bay. Uh, that said, that led directly to uh, a couple of goals. Uh, speed through the neutral zone. Turnovers in the Islanders zone. Uh, the Islanders losing a lot of those 50-50 puck battles that they won consistently in Game 1. And then, you know, instead of making that smart, conservative pass out of the zone or skating the puck out of the zone, they cough the puck up in their own zone very, very often. And look, Tampa Bay credited with 10 takeaways in this game. The Islanders only had three. Uh, So that didn't go well. And, you know, the Lightning's top line which the Islanders shut down so effectively in Game 1 and limited the scoring chances that they had in Game 1. Didn't happen that way uh, in Game 2. Kucherov, three assists, point with a goal. Uh, You know, point with two shots. Kucherov with two shots. Palat with five shots in this game. Stamkos had two more shots and an assist. At the end of the day, uh, that top line was a handful for the Islanders in Game 2, and they just weren't able to answer. Meanwhile, on the flip side uh, of things, we talked about the importance of the Islanders' uh, power play. And yeah, they cashed in with one goal on the power play and four chances, Uh, The Brock Nelson goal, which uh, a controversial penalty, obviously set that one up. But it it cost the Islanders because they end up losing Simeon Varlamov for the last seven minutes, roughly, of the opening period. And kudos to Ilya Sorokin, who came in, did not give up a goal, and got the job done for the six minutes and 50 seconds that he was in there, stopped all six shots he faced, and managed to keep it a 1-1 hockey game after one period, even though the Islanders giving up way too many chances. 17 shots on goal in that first period, 
that's half the shots that the Lightning took in the game. They had 33 uh, for the whole contest. And, and again, not just the quantity or the number of shots, but the quality. We talked about how well the Islanders kept their bodies in between the Lightning and the Islanders' goal, kept them on the perimeter throughout Game 1. In Game 2, if you look at the shot chart, the the area just outside the Islanders' crease is covered with shots, uh, shot opportunities taken by the Lightning, and three of their four goals were scored from just, you know, that high-danger area in between the two circles down into the goal. So at the end of the day, not a lot going right for the Islanders, and it cost them. We have a lot more to discuss on this episode. We're going to talk more about what happened in Game 1 and some of the things the Islanders actually did well. There were a few. We've got that, our Islanders' birthday of the day, and a whole lot more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's episode is brought to you by the Locker Room app. It's a live, audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and free to use. You could talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time, and it's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. You could share your own experiences on the app, and you could, you know, start your own conversation or join ongoing conversations. You could talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives, all in real time. Now, I host the Locked On Islanders chat every Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, unless the Islanders are playing at that time, then I move it to a different day, but I'll always let everybody know. Anyway, download the Locker Room app free on the iOS App Store, create a profile, link it to your Twitter account, and join the NHL group. Follow me at Locked On Islanders to be notified when my room goes live. Join me. We'll be going live again tonight and every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time to talk all things Islanders, so get in on the action today. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. It comes in nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited-time flavor, and those usually go very fast. The latest limited-time flavor, check it out, Grasshopper Pie. Tasty. Very, very tasty. I had one the other day. Absolutely delicious. Now, there are nine permanent flavors like coconut, cherry, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Most of them have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and just four grams of net carbs. So they're not only tasty, but they're good for you. Go to BuiltBar.com now and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Some other thoughts about the Islanders, and, and let's talk about some of the things that they actually did well. First of all, obviously, Matthew Barzal uh, with another goal, yes, it came late. It was too little, too late. But Barzi uh, does manage to uh, get on the board and stay hot, and that can only help his confidence. Brock Nelson uh, winning 8 of 11 face-offs for the Islanders. That's 73% roughly. He uh, also scored the first power play goal. And 
look, the power play for the Islanders, a mixed bag. I, you know, they scored the one goal. They had another power play where they moved the puck well. And then they had a couple where, you know, that just wasn't good enough. Uh, defensively, the Bavillier, Nelson, and Bailey line, the B&B line, which usually is their most consistent, they were all a minus two in this game, did not play exceptionally well. And just to give an update, uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, only playing 13 minutes, 37 seconds in this one, he looked to be a little shaken up uh, at one point in the game was stretching on the bench, did manage to continue, but did not quite seem like himself, and only won 8 out of 17 face-offs, which is not typical of J.G. Pajot. Uh, I wonder, at this point, Travis Zajac struggled in this game, took four minor penalties, eight minutes of penalties from Zajac alone, and I wonder... If Barry Trotz now starts to think about turning back to Oliver Wallstrom for Game 3. I know Trotz prefers his veterans and Zajac has played fairly well throughout the, the, the time since he was inserted into the lineup when Wallstrom got hurt. But the Islanders have a total of four goals in two games against this Lightning team. Vasilevsky, a very skilled and talented goaltender. Tampa Bay has the size, plays good team defense. To me, adding Wallstrom gives you a little more juice on your second power play unit, and his hard, heavy shot gives you a better chance of getting some goals against Vasilevsky. The key, again, to Barry Trotz and for the Islanders is making sure that if you put Wallstrom in there, he's going to play well in his own zone. He's going to do all the things that you need to have done when you don't have the puck. If Wallstrom can do that, uh, he may be worth inserting for Game 3. And the other thing is this, Ajak, again, struggling. Maybe he's a little tired after suddenly playing all these games, and maybe he could use a, a game off uh, just to, to see what he could do. Uncle Leo, uh, 14 minutes in penalties, although 10 of them were on a misconduct and two of them were on a, a situation where they were matching, you know, coincidental uh, minors. So he didn't affect the power play situation quite as much. Uh, Got to talk about Ryan Pulak, what he did well, seven hits in this game to lead the Islanders. That was definitely a plus, but Pulak a minus two in this one, Pelic a minus one, and again, too many open shot chances for the Tampa Bay Lightning in this game. And when you are going up against a talented team like the Lightning, you cannot allow them to have that many chances and expect that you're going to win the hockey game very often. You would need your goalie to steal one. Uh, we talked about the great job that Sorokin did, but as far as Varley is concerned, can't say I fault him on any of the four goals he let in, and he did make some big saves to keep the Islanders in it at times, but this was not one of his better efforts. 
but at the end of the day, I don't blame Varley for this loss. Just too many quality chances over the course of the contest, and they need to do more defensively. That's where the Islanders are going to win this series, if they're going to win it. You need to play well in your own zone, and they didn't do that. And if you don't play well in your own zone against the Tampa Bay Lightning, you're in big trouble because that is a team that really knows how to convert their chances, and it is difficult to contain them, and you'll struggle. And look, as soon as Tampa Bay took that lead, they got even more physical, and the Islanders just did not have an answer. At one point during the game, I was almost wishing hey, maybe Ross Johnston could just take one shift, just one shift. Not that I think they should really play him under the circumstances, uh, because in this series, he just doesn't bring enough to the table uh, to justify him being in the lineup for a full game. No offense to Ross Johnston, he's a useful player, but I don't know if he could keep up with the speed of this Tampa Bay Lightning team, and, and for that reason, I just don't see where he would fit into the lineup, but boy, could they have used someone to answer the physicality of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they they tried, but they didn't do a great job. Uncle Leo, you know, he took a misconduct penalty in part because he was trying to answer some of that physicality. Matt Martin certainly stepped up. I, I at least liked the fact that the Islanders stood up for each other, but at the end of the day, uh, they were out physical, the, the, the physical play, the that aspect of the game, the edge belonged to Tampa Bay. All right, we've got more to discuss. We will talk about our Islanders' birthday of the day and a look ahead to game three and what's going to matter there. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The baseball season is now in full swing, and you could track all the action at Bet Online. And there's a lot of other exciting sporting events going on right now, including the Euro competition in soccer. You got the uh, NBA playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Golf action as well, MMA, UFC, whatever floats your boat, you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs right here at Bet Online. Before the next face-off, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams go on their playoff runs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. Want to wish a very happy 55th birthday to former Islanders left wing David Volek, the native of Prague, Czech Republic. Drafted in the 10th round by the Islanders back in 1984. Did not join them until the 1988-89 season and stayed with the Isles through the 93-94 campaign. In all, played 396 NHL games, all with the Islanders. 95 goals, 249 points, and 201 penalty minutes. Was part of that magical run for the Islanders in 1993 when he played in 10 playoff games 
and scored four goals and had one assist. So, Volek, uh, a part of that magical 1993 playoff run. We're going to look at his best game as an Islander, December 20th, 1990, at the Nassau Coliseum. Let's queue up Brass Bonanza as the Hartford Whalers were in town to face the Islanders. Peter Sidorkovitz was the goalie for Hartford against Glenn Healy for the Isles. And in this one, it was the Islanders getting on the board first with Randy Latasor off for high sticking. David Volick, our Islanders' birthday of the day, strikes first his 12th from Jeff Norton and Pat LaFontaine at 741, 1-0 Islanders. Then the Isles extend their lead. Randy Wood, his 11th from David Volick and Joe Rieke at 12.09. After 20 minutes, it was 2-0 Islanders. Only one goal in the second period, and it belonged to the Islanders. David Volick, his second of the game, 13th of the year. Pat LaFontaine and Randy Wood with the assists at 15.05. 3 nothing Islanders heading into the third period, but then Hartford gets back into it. The Islanders get into a little bit of penalty trouble as uh, basically they got an extra two when a fight broke out with Mick Bacota. Uh, and Ed uh, Kastelik. At the end of the day, the Islanders get the extra two. Carrie Wilson cashes in for the whale. His third from Sylvain Cote and Brad Shaw at 441. And then Randy Ladasor, his first from Bobby Holik and Carrie Wilson at 1259. All of a sudden, it's a 3-2 to two game. But in the final minute, David Volek gets his third of the game at completing the hat trick, his 14th of the year, Glenn Healy heals with the only assist in this one. And the Islanders skate away with a 4-2 win. 26 saves for Glenn Healy in that game to uh, help them win. As for David Volek, our Isles' birthday of the day, three goals on four shots, uh, three goals and an assist. He finishes a plus two, and the Islanders end up with the win. So... Today, David Volok is 55 years old, and we wish him all the best and many, many happy birthdays for him. couple of thoughts ahead of Game 3, and we'll talk a lot more about Game 3 tomorrow. But the Islanders, uh, first of all, they're going to have home ice advantage. And I'll say this, even in Tampa, during Games 1 and 2, you heard some let's go Islanders chants. The, the fans did get louder in game two once the game was more or less salted away for the Lightning, but there is no comparison as far as the level of fan enthusiasm and fan noise. The old barn rocks like no other building in the league, and certainly Tampa Bay's home ice advantage when it comes to the fans, nowhere near what the Islanders should enjoy. Tactically, obviously, having home ice advantage gives the Islanders that last change, more favorable matchups. we got to keep an eye on J.G. Pajot because he is an important part of the Islanders' plan to slow down that very deadly and dangerous top line for Tampa Bay. So hopefully Pajot is good to go and the Islanders are able to get the matchups they want and slow things down. Obviously, you also have to hope that Varlamov is okay to go, although, again, Ilya Sorokin 
uh, doing exactly what you need from a backup goalie in Game 2 and keeping his team in the game until Varlamov was cleared to return. But the Islanders have to get back to playing Islanders hockey, and that means being smart with the puck, especially in their own zone, and clogging up that neutral zone so that the Lightning cannot skate freely and create easy scoring chances with momentum and cannot have those long stretch passes, which can be very dangerous because they are fast and skilled. So those are some early keys that the Islanders are going to have to uh, deal with and, and, and address in Game 3. And here's the other thing to keep in mind, and I think it's important. Yeah, Game 2 leaves a bit of a bad taste in your mouth. Uh, as an Islander fan, you don't like the fact that the team didn't play as well as they did in Game 1. But realistically, what did you expect? Game 1 was one of the worst efforts the Lightning have had in quite some time. And they're too good a team to put together back-to-back bad performances like that. If you would have told me, going into this series, that the Islanders would earn a split in Tampa after the first two games... I would have been more than satisfied with that outcome. Well, in that sense, it was mission accomplished. You earned the split. Now the Islanders have to come back to the old barn and nail down home ice advantage, hold on to it, and keep doing the things that they know they have to do to win hockey games. Because I'll tell you, the Islanders and Lightning, yeah, Tampa Bay is more talented uh, on paper, but... These two teams are going to battle for six, seven games, probably, and none of these games are going to be easy wins. So the Islanders can do this, but they have to dictate the pace of play much like they did in game one, and they've got to step up their game or else, realistically, they could be in trouble. But mission accomplished. You got the split on the road. Now you have to come home and take care of business at the old barn. So hopefully the Islanders will be able to do that, and we'll be back tomorrow with a full preview of that. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Remember, We have a new episode every Monday through Friday. They drop a little after midnight, 12.25 a.m. roughly, so night owls can listen before bed, early risers. If you subscribe on the podcatcher of your choice, it'll be waiting in your inbox when you wake up. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.